0: And welcome to another edition of No Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Sylvester and your boy, Richie Filmer.
1: Hello, podcast listeners, and hello, Mark. How the devil are you?
0: I'm good, thank you, Richie, my man. How the devil are
1: you? Bored, 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 but I've got wrestling <laughs> to keep me keep me sane. How about yourself? Uh,
0: bored as well? Well, recently I shaved my head like Steve Austin. And just been watching a lot of wrestling, a lot of documentaries as well. Have
1: you been drinking an, an obsessive amount of beers and giving random family members cold Stunners?
0: Uh, no, but I might start doing it. I, I might be like the Straight Edge Stunk, obviously, Boston. What are you drinking there? It's beer, but it's 0% beer, so it works. It's alcohol-free, you know. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. the Straight Edge gimmick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, it's... um. It's quite hard at the
1: moment still. But, um, but you know, doing a lot of stuff around the house and DIY and just trying to catch up and pro wrestling at the moment. It's just, it's just so difficult at the moment without you no know, crowds at the shows and stuff. It's making it quite difficult to watch. I don't know how you'll find in wrestling.
0: Um, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I prefer the way AEW do it when they have a bit of a crowd because you can still have that atmos and people saying things. But but with WWE, I just but I don't really want to support like the way that they've been recently as well it's kind of like why don't I want to support someone like that and doing this kind of thing but at the same time I do because it's wrestling it's one of those weird sort of like I, I can't really think of the word but like uh not tradition but something similar to that it's kind of like you don't really like what they're doing business practice but you still watch it because it's something that you've always watched
1: because it's what we
0: do yeah yeah it's
1: um yeah ethically I don't agree with what the firm's doing But I will keep up to date with wrestling because I'm a fan. And it's like a love-hate relationship with wrestling sometimes. It goes through phases where you either absolutely hate it or you absolutely love it. But regardless, you will carry on watching it. Yeah. I mean, big respect to the guys out there. Obviously, I mean, the talent that are out there still putting shows on and the crews that are putting the shows together and, you know, the production teams and the writers and the agents and the cameramen and everything that goes into it. You know,
0: hats off to them in these troublesome times. Yeah, completely, man. And they're doing it for our entertainment, which I completely thank them as well. But I do like the fact as well that some of them are like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, look at Roman Reigns. I have so much more respect for him. He's like saying, no, I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it to keep us all safe because obviously he's had previous like leukemia and that kind of stuff. And it's, but yeah, you got to respect these people because they're putting their lives at risk. They are,
1: you know, even more so, you know, they, they do that every night in the ring. But yeah. Now they're putting each other and their families at risk. It's not just what happens in the ring. It's what they go to work and come back and hopefully not infected with this absolutely terrible virus. But, um, yeah, no, we will continue watching and supporting. It's what we do. We enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this week we're talking about an old legend um, who I think if uh, if you're not familiar with the name Bret Hart, I don't know what you're listening to this podcast for because he's one of the biggest names and biggest draws in professional wrestling. Um, I know he's one of my favourites and Mark I can assume, but I know for a fact personally
0: he's definitely one of yours. Yeah, definitely man, one of mine. Just how technical he is and everything else and he's just one of those people that can work with anyone or anything like he can make a broom look good he is that good yeah when you watch him in his prime and just what he can do it's like you can tell there's just something about him and just how good he is and also as well his promo work came a better and better and better and better and better as well and and, he was the biggest baby face ever as well the fact he was on the simpsons too just shows you just how like Big no. and he was the fact he was on the simpsons because they originally had him as just a cameo and they didn't because he was originally going to be some other character that's why he has a weird accent but because they saw how popular he was when he was leaving and they were like actually have him as bret hart and he yeah. also has a simpsons figure in have you seen the funny video that he's done to like hogan and Blair saying well you guys might be good but you're not good to have a simpsons figure are you and everyone was figuring he was being petty but we knew i knew he was being he was taking a piss because that's what he does
1: that's what he does best yeah, I think I think wrestling fans and sort of, uh, especially with Bret Hart, there's a lot of matches that when you look at Hulk Hogan, a lot of their matches are throwaway matches. Not so much with Ric Flair. Ric Flair had the brilliant body of work on him. You know, questionably, you could coincide Bret and Ric as very similar in a lot of respects. I think um, Bret is still technically the best wrestler in the ring, um, and I think that. Rick Flair is probably one of the best showmen, but also very, very technically gifted. But Bret Hart, to me, he was the new generation. WFs. He was the cover boy. He yeah. was. He was the standard that you needed to be. You know. Um, and if I personally think, if it wasn't for Bret Hart, there wouldn't
0: be a Shawn Michaels. In my opinion. No, I don't. Because I, I, then again, I think there wouldn't even be a Steve Austin either. Because he made They're Steve definitely. Austin. I mean, we're <laughs> looking at. The matches, like one of the matches we were talking about, obviously, is that's what made him into the bit into the megastar that he then became. Because yeah. I, I don't think about that match that would have that wouldn't have propelled him to superstar them. And also, as well, the one thing I love about Bret Hart, as well, he's honest about anything. Like, if yeah. you ask his honest opinion, he doesn't care who he works for if it's WWE, AEW, New Japan. If he thinks something's rubbish, he'll say it. If he thinks someone's good, he'll say it. Yeah, yeah. he won't, he won't be like, he won't toe the company line. or be like, actually, this isn't very, it might. To so some people, which I don't know why they would do, sounds uh, like petty or doesn't care, but actually he does. And I like the fact he's so honest because then you can be like, all right, then if this guy thinks this man's good, then there must be something because Bret Hart is as good as he is.
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, if it wasn't for Bret Hart, you wouldn't have Edge or Christian? Nope. um Which is well documented in one of the Edge and Edgen Christian podcasts that they spoke about Bret Hart. um Christian got in the ring and tripped over the bottom rope and in the ring he he messed up running the ropes but he didn't just dismiss Christian because he could see something in him and then look what kind of career Edge and Christian had. Um, You know, you look at Stampede Wrestling so you start looking at Chris Jericho and I mean, one of the biggest names to ever come out of Stampede Wrestling was the late, great Dynamite Kid and then his influences just go on and on. I mean, you look at Benoit's body of work but there's... Documentary, you know, documentaries of Dynamite Kid saying how good Bret Hart was. Dynamite Kid is known to be not a very nice person, and Bret Hart on an interview again, it's on YouTube somewhere on that deep wide world web. He says he isn't a nice person, but he's a talented wrestler.
0: Yeah, he was you fantastic. Know, he, he was great. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: you know, and that's Bret Hart saying he's a bad person. He held a shotgun to his wife allegedly, but. Bloody hell, he can wrestle.
0: Yeah, because he mentioned in his book all that sort of stuff and how mad he was. But he was just so good in the ring. Fantastic. He could snap Suplex, smash from Demolition. He was like, nearly 300 pounds. Just how good and strong he is. I mean, he was juiced up on steroids. Oh, he was massively. Both both of them were. God,
1: yeah. You see the the British Bulldogs, both of them were massively on juice. Um, But it's amazing when you actually compare... (laughs) I know we're going a little bit off topic. When you actually compare Benoit... And The dynamite kid together, even the move sets are the same, the builds the same, the movements the same, the snappiness was the same. He idolized him, but again, dynamite kid was trained by Stu Hart with Brett with Jericho, all come from that dungeon. And Owen, you know, yeah. look at the talent that come out of Canada. I, know. I mean, Canadian wrestlers, I mean, Kenny Omega, you know, Jericho again, you know, the names that come out of Canada,
0: you oh, know, no, yeah. Okay. That's because yeah, that's Stuart was such a great um, trainer. I know. Besides, obviously, the joke of scratch him, scratch him, but he was a very good trainer. Yeah. You know, like.
1: I mean, Brett. Uh, when you see some of the documentaries he does, you know, and he says that he he was wrestling was in his blood. You know, when he was three years old, he used to have like giants coming into the basement with his dad and getting stretched by his dad, and he'd go down there and watch. And he was just he was bound to be a wrestler and he was a fan and he was brought up in the business. And you find that people that are brought up in the business, like Randy Orton, the rock, they're, they're fantastic wrestlers, but Bret Hart was still a cut above any of them. I put the, I put Bret Hart over the rock. I'd put him over Randy Orton. You know, I really, really would. I mean, Bret Hart was, I'm happy that I saw him in his prime watching it weekly, weekly shows.
0: Yeah, that was was the question I was going to ask before we go on to the matches is like where you first saw him and how did he become a fan of his? Me and Brett. I saw Brett when you
1: had Heart Foundation on Raw. Um, I would say it would have been during the whole Shawn Michaels thing, sort of 97. Okay. I really saw Brett, but before that, um i've had to go back a bit in history sort of after it all happened to go and see his other work but when i first got into wrestling which was the attitude era um yeah brett hart 97 you know when it was all the shoot interviews with you know like sunny days and stuff like that before i was smart to the business i was still a kid i just thought bloody hell he's brilliant he was my favorite
0: yeah, I first saw him, uh, Heart Foundation, back in the early '90s, late '80s, was through Silvervision. Like we used to have all the all the VHSs. I think I still got them in the attic somewhere of all all the different WrestleManias. So seeing him there, and then obviously having Sky Sports, and then seeing him transcend to become the biggest star. And I remember WrestleMania 10, watching him become the champion, and then as well as you said, back in '97 too. Mm. I mean, there's not an era of Bret Hart which is bad. I mean, the um, WCW stuff wasn't particularly great, but that weren't his fault. No, I I reckon um, if Bishop wasn't up Hogan's ass so much, Uh, even I'm a massive Hogan fan, but I think Bret Hart would have been the biggest babyface in the world. Like the fact that what happened to him and how that helped, WWF helped create Vincent Mann, etc, etc. But they, they didn't do anything of him in WCW. Yeah, he had a few world championships, he had a few good matches and stuff, but you had this man on a silver platter, who's the biggest star in the world. Everyone wanted to watch and you just race him as a guest referee. Yeah. And it's like, Ridiculous. why? Ridiculous. It's, it's completely, I understand you want to have Bill Sting, Sting up, but don't, don't put him on TV then. Put him on TV when you feel he's ready and then he can explode. And he, he would have been a massive racing struggle for them. Don't have Bill Goldberg become the big guy. Have it be Bret Hart. You know, he's was, yeah. I don't have him used, have the realness of him being screwed and the anger and everything that Bret Hart had. And he could have been the biggest baby face in the world. I mean, if you were the yeah, exactly. If you were to put, use the momentum of survivor series, going
1: into WCW, like you just said, with that whole, using that angle, still using that angle and getting on that mic. And just it was all about the war to get on that mic and get him cussing down Vince McMahon and DX and Shawn Michaels and just start telling stories about Shawn Michaels life, and really have him go over. Because WCW is stupid as it was. It still had that classic TNT feel to it, NWA. And it was yes. like, you could make it feel a bit like, the OWF is for the entertainers and the clowns and the suckets and the and the silliness and the tits and the booze. We're wrestling. This is Bret Hart. Watch him and Benoit put on a clinical. Him and yes. Dean Malenko. You know, you could have had some, Jericho was still there at the time. You could have had some brilliant, brilliant matches, brilliant angles and made it a wrestler's show. Yeah, um, And it could have easily turned the war. If you had have had Bret Hart as the man, it could have easily turned, not old people like Hogan and the NWO. and now nah, that should have had Bret in Sting's position in some respects.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Because also, as well, it's one of those situations where um, he was seen in the biggest baby face because all the wrestlers were on his side, all the other wrestlers were on his side. Rick, Rick Rude, for example, left because of that. And you could have used that as well and been like, I'm the biggest babyface because of this, what happened? Try not to do it where he sounds too, like, complainery, but say, in a sense, being like, I had all these wrestlers on my side, these people would have left the Undertaker stopped Vincent Mann from leaving because he had to speak to me. That's how much of a locker leader I am and how much we respect each other. The fact that he would do that or McFadden was was going to quit or the fact mm-hmm. of that oh, Neidhardt quit, the Bulldog quit. All these people quit because of him and he could have used that to then propel himself and as you said WCW to the stratosphere and they could yeah. have, they potentially could have won.
1: Yeah, well, there's nothing big. really changed with Bret Hart to look at him. Like, he didn't change his look. He still wore the same tights as what he did in the WWF. He still had Hitman all over him. He still kept everything the same. I don't know if he had his own personal rights to it. Um, yeah, I, I can just, in my head, I can just imagine Bret with the big gold belt, with his leather jacket on in forward tyre, with his sunglasses on, just with a microphone in the other hand, screaming down the hard cam, just talking about how shit the how shit it is in New York yeah you know someone come out and challenge me then you get someone like i said like dean malenko come out and as a wrestling fan you will just go this is going to be epic quickly go back to wwf what have they got oh the headbangers first and okay back to wcw do you know what i mean like it would have been
0: amazing yeah definitely man but then but then the funny thing about the wwf they then in 2000 went through the more like wcw's entertainment crap we're the wrestling show yeah. isn't it funny in mm-hmm. 1990, 2000, when WWF had those wrestlers, they became the wrestling show Where WCW because of Vince Russo became the shits. And in yeah. fact, as well, like in 2000, well, one last bit before we go on to the matches, they had the world championship change at least 50 times in one year. Yeah. Yeah. But by that time, Bret Hart left and he wouldn't, he wouldn't have taken it anymore because yeah, yeah. he was like, nah. Because he, he hated Bishop. He didn't like Russo either. No. No. I mean, look what Benoit did. He left WCW holding the World Championship. Yeah. He was the World Champion.
1: He went, well, Eddie's going on going. I mean, that says it all. Yeah, pretty much. It's a shame. I think WCW, I mean, you look at AEW and there's a lot of comparisons. I mean, the main one being back on TNT. And obviously, there's a lot of viewers that still miss TNT Pro Wrestling. Um, and their you know, ethos was, let's go after the guys that had stopped watching. I think they've got that back. I mean, they're smashing NXT in the ratings at the moment. But... um and I mean AEW. I mean Bret Hart was the guy that introduced the world strat to the show. Yeah, it was I meant to be Ric Flair, but he was in bad health. They they asked Bret to do it, and he happily done it. And to me, that was amazing. I mean, what a, what a night that was. I mean, was that the night that you and I
0: watched the pay per view? No, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the first. It was the first pay view double or nothing. Yeah, he double came out. When Jack Whitehall uh, presented him. Do you remember? And yeah. We're like, What's Jack Whitehall and it's was like, oh, he's presenting Bret Hart. Yeah. Yeah, I me and you both flipped out. I was like, oh my god, it's Bret Hart.
1: Yeah,
0: complete. You know. Fantastic. Yeah. I wonder what the WWE thought about that. Uh Brett's like I uh, they probably annoyed, but Brett's like I don't care. But they would still use him though. Yeah, they still used him after that, I'm assuming. Yeah he did, yeah. Yeah.
1: They he- can't screw him anymore, to be honest. I mean uh-huh. he's got too big of a following. But
0: oh what could have been? Oh what could have been Demon Man? What could have been? so we're going to go on to the matches and match one was between Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at King of the Ring 93 in the semi-final match this
2: is the- Just happened with Gene Oakland, with the hitman and Mr. Perfect. and The way they were looking at each other and what they said. Incredible. They are. They know the stakes are very, very high. Another thing that's very interesting, they got 15 more minutes to get it on here. One ball, 30 minute time limit. I'll tell you what, I am looking forward to this match. Classic encounter, Eden. You can see anything here. you want to see wrestling, you'll see it. you want to see fighting, you'll see it. you want to see a brawl, a street fight, you're going to see it right here. Gentlemen, we know the NBA Finals are ongoing. It's a big matchup. Air Jordan, Charles Barkley. That's is what I, uh, my analogy of these two men. That's the parallels right here, Randy. Check out the determination of Mr. Perfect's face. Eye to eye. The Hitman versus Mr.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, this is quite good because they gave the boys more time on purpose. I mean, this is how on the ball they were at the, the, this. You know, the match they gave it a thirty-minute time limit rather than a
0: fifteen-minute time limit. Yes. Um,
1: the the pre-interview was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I, I love the pre-interview, and they and I love the one other thing I love about it. Even though they're talking about their fathers, I also love the fact they referenced Summer '91 as well. It's like you yeah. might you might beat me hard, but you're not gonna beat me this time. Yeah. 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 And he said, you know, like, I would
1: like to wrestle you. And then you had Mean Gene Oakland kind of like the, the wooden spoon staring the pulp. And he was like, yeah. what does that mean then? That you know you could beat him? You know, and you could see it was <laughs> yeah. a bit tongue-in-cheek. But it was nice because um, going in as a
0: fan, you you knew this was going to be a great match. Yeah, definitely, man. And but it- I also love how the commentary loved it as well. Like you can hear the commentary literally splooging over the match, being like, what a match. This match is amazing. You can see Bobby Healen saying it, Jim Ross saying it. Um Randy said saying it's crazy as well, just hearing these people go over it.
1: And yeah, he said, This I'm isn't sorry.
0: going to be a fight. This is going to be a wrestling match. Yeah. You know, watch this. This is
1: going to be a re- And it really was. To be honest, though, looking back at it now, the first five minutes of the match is a little tad. You can tell they're a bit nervous because I think there was a lot of weight on their shoulders given half an hour. Um, and I think that's more for Mr. Perfect's. I think Brett was chilled out because Brett is used to these high situations. He's a former world champion two times at this point. Um, I think perfect was a little bit nervous going in there with Brett Hart still. Kurt Henning.
0: Yeah. But I also think as well, just how good they are. Like everything was so crisp and you know how a lot of days they use the, the wrist lock or the rest spot in a sense when Brett Hart did it to Mr. Perfect. It was amazing just how, yeah, and that was exciting and yeah. how good he yeah. is just how he can make something that simple and usually quite a boring move an exciting move as well yeah but it's like even the headlock takedowns at the start of the match yeah.
1: you know brett keeps putting him in a headlock each time you're like yes you think i'm going yes! yes over a headlock yeah it's a side headlock takedown and i'm thinking that's not exciting but when brett does it it looks so real yes you know and the slap and the timing and you know when they take the bump and they break for it, it's just both of them hitting it at the same time makes it sound loud it's perfectly done i mean it was two professionals at their prime working the best um storyline wise the match was pretty cool obviously you had um kurt heading mr perfect acting a bit like a hill he was yeah. the first one to break the chain wrestling and come out of a strike and the crowd booed because i was enjoying the technical side of the match but it was good because they still kept it very very technical yeah, very down to the basics. Um, Kurt Henning shines in this, and I think it's one of Kurt Henning's... I mean, for me, with Bret Hart, this is one of many. I mean, we chose three. There's probably 20 matches which are going to be fantastic with Bret. Kurt Henning had a good handful of matches, but I think, for me, this was probably Kurt Henning's best match
0: yeah i agree with that. but also as well what i love about it is the commentators were referencing because obviously at the time mr perfect was a face and quite a big uh popular one at that and the way that he was breaking rules and you can hear him bobby Heenan going like, oh my god he's breaking rules that's what i taught him that's what i taught him and it's having that history and then they were discussing when he lost a championship and he was like i wasn't there with him at rings like of course we lose a championship. i wasn't with him and stuff and it's mm-hmm. just that hist- mm-hmm. and that's what i love about that match is just having that history as well as what's happening in the ring too like yeah you know, that match is just, oh my God, it's such a good match. You know, there are It so kind of many. shows how desperate
1: Kurt was to win it because if he was playing yes. the face, you know, he was like, I need to break the rules. I've got... That's kind of like what got... Made him lose the match in some respects. He was over-trying to the point where he had to cheat to win and I think that's obviously what kind of led to him losing the match in some respects being a bit underhanded. Um... But a great match. I mean, y- y- you can't say anything went wrong because it didn't. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, completely, man. And also, as well, it's one of those things that when you see Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect get they the out of different moves and stuff, just how much in ring general they both are. But like, yeah. there's this amazing moment where you've got Mr. Perfect giving Bret Hart a super hold and then to get him to release the hold, you see Bret Hart like slide where you have Bret Hart hold onto the rights but you see Mr. Perfect Head first, going to the middle turnbuckle pad, and it's mm. just that great, those great little nuances. And Perfect. also, as well, what I love about this one thing sorry, Richie is what I love mm. about this match, but also other matches as well. That all three of the matches that Mr. Uh, that Bret Hart had were okay. all completely different. Razor yeah. on my own, very different. This match, very different. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, completely different matches as well. Just shows you how good he is. That. Oh, that Bam Bam Bigelow match. I mean, it wasn't in the top three, but I carried on watching the pay-per-view and the
1: finals against Bam Bam Bigelow. What a fantastic match that was. Yeah. Even though Bret Hart was having the life knocked out of him, it just showed how good he was at selling. Yeah. Just another great list of things that Bret Hart's good at
0: what's he like at selling watch, watch the Bam Bam match you can take a beating can he oh yeah <laughs> and also as well another thing we're talking about the selling is he's so good that he sells what happens later from prison and like, uh, later on like he had his hands, but you can see him taped up his hands so you can kind of see that and then he's obviously in the final his leg got quite badly beat up by Mr Perfect because obviously he's yeah. Damage in the leg and stuff. But he used the he then sold it in the final as well. Just how good he is that. Which one of the things I miss about nowadays wrestling a lot of the time is no one sells anymore. No one really does that anymore. No one uh, after massive beatdown, they don't sell that they're just like, Oh, I'm back to normal again. No, you have to sell that yeah. you're partly injured and then when you like a like the second match we look at, WrestleMania uh they trying in that Events match against Jekyll Zuna, uh, you can see Bret Hart limping again because he had his leg, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, even when he won the championship and everyone's come
1: down, he's still limping on that leg.
0: He's yeah. holding title, but he's limping still,
1: you know, and it's he doesn't forget the story. No. There are a lot of wrestlers now. I mean, you look at like someone like Seth Rollins when he won the title and stole it. He'd been in one match prior and he won, he won, you know, he had a fight, um, I think it was Randy Orton. he got injured in that match badly then he comes down and uses money in the briefcase and won the world the world championship obviously then he runs up to the ramp and starts spinning you've been in two matches you've had Randy Orton bust your leg all night yeah you know you know there's a lot of things I mean Bret Hart and Seth Rawlings haven't got the best relationship which is well documented anyway he thinks he's dangerous but um Bret thinks Steph's dangerous but going back to this Kurt Henning match yeah I mean it was so that's what that's what you get when you're um, you're trained properly you've done the territories and you're not just um major in a WWE lab I mean that to me is two historic families I think they're both third gen wrestlers at this point or second gen wrestlers uh, second gen second gen yeah it shows oh yeah completely it shows wrestling's in both their bloods they're both Heenan and family and heart family it, it, it flows it's you could put them in anything and it would work. Yeah, definitely, man.
0: So what would you give the match out of five then, Dodd? i uh, will give that a five. Easy. One of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen, Bell to Bell. Yeah, same here, man. Same here, i will definitely give it a five out of five. But I think it's one of those matches as well. Like, even if you compare it to nowadays, I still think it holds up very well. It's fast, it's crisp, everything is good. They make everything work. Even the small nuances, as we said earlier, of Brett selling everything else. Yeah, I love that match cool and it was at king of the ring Uh, 93 it was 93 because 94 is when owen won but before this the king of the ring which is a tournament this was the first actual pay-per-view of it because i remember watching it live as a kid and being like oh my god it's a new pay-per-view finally after just the big four you know when it used to be the big five something else they should do a king of the ring yeah i miss king of the ring I do as well man I love that pay-per-view it was such a great, great pay-per-view having like wrestlers who wrestle at least two or three times a night potentially to become the king
1: the WWE, at least, uh, they've kind of copied the G1 aspect now haven't they for the cruiserweight yeah. yeah so maybe they're bringing tournaments back in because obviously I love a good tournament I love the G1 um, I love King of the Ring knockout tournaments so yeah see if they bring back King of the Ring as a pay-per-view yeah. maybe maybe not we'll see I'd like, like to see if, if
0: they ever did they'll probably be on NXT I don't know or, or they might hope you might do because I know they did it when Baron Corbin won it that wasn't really a pay-per-view it was more of just a match but yeah I didn't like that see
1: so, yeah, yeah that's not done i miss it as a pay-per-view and having the actual King of the Ring mean something Like I think personally if you win King of the Ring like if you ring the Royal Rumble I mean what if they said whoever wins King of the Ring goes in number 30 at the Royal Rumble make it mean something
0: yeah because I remember back back uh, um, late in 2002 they definitely said it but I remember even before that whenever they won the King of the Ring they had the next World Championship at SummerSlam you know yeah do something like that make, yeah exactly exactly yeah. just um, make it mean something
1: you know or well, the Survivor Series you know that's what's after Survivor Series out of the big four is it mania uh that would have been rumble so that's rumble so why don't you make i mean you could make the the big four pay off i mean like whoever's on the winning team of the survivor series them four wrestlers could be whoever win whatever team wins the survivor series match that team then at the royal rumble should have a fatal four-way to have a one-on-one match whoever won the winner of the Royal Rumble for a title shot do you know I mean there's so many things they yeah. could do the story, the writers nowadays they, it's not like Vince Russo back in the day when they used to think about things like that it's all now just all over the place and the storylines are literally just four weeks you look at the era like Bret Hart he used to say well what am I going to be doing in three months four months five months there's always like long-term plans and that's why storytelling worked with Bret because they knew yeah. where they were going
0: you know that's uh that's right. Yeah, I did as well. I thought it was a great match. And then match two was between Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10.
2: Bret Hart and Owen Hart, brothers divided. Let's go back to last year's Survivor Series. Keep your eye on the Rocket as he hits his brother, the Hitman, into the steel garter. And then... Check this out. One, two, three, the rocket gets pinned by Shawn Michaels, the only Hart brother eliminated, and he's none too happy about it. Check this out. A verbal and physical assault against his brother. How did he feel about it? Well, just two weeks later, our own Vince McMahon caught up with the rocket, Owen Hart. Brett, there's only one way to solve this thing, with me being the shadow of you, the hitman. That's right. Why don't you go out and step up to the plate? You and me, face-to-face, one-on-one. I'm challenging you, Brett, my brother, to a fight one-on-one. i like to uh, live up to those words of saying the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and I take on anybody, but under no circumstances would I ever, absolutely, positively not ever, step in the ring with my own brother under any circumstances. You know, I, I'll be the first one to admit there was a lot of friction between Owen and I. I know that, and I'm not going to deny that. But the fact is, I knew this was tearing up the family and I knew that Owen and I had to sit down and we had to resolve this thing and that's exactly what we've done. You know, maybe I'm never going to find out who was a better wrestler. Actually, I feel a lot better about it. I didn't want to fight my brother Owen. I knew we could channel our energy in a better direction and that direction is against the Quebecers and we are going to win the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles as a unit. United we stand. Divided, we fall right over. Bret Hart may not have known how true those words would be. Here the brothers are united. The tag title on the line at the Royal Rumble, but watch this. Owen reaching for the tag. However, the hitman can't get to him. His knee severely injured during this match with the Quebecers, unable to make the tag. Now watch this. Bam! Owen kicks Brett when he's down. This one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in the World Wrestling Federation. How does the Rocket feel about his actions now? Let's go back to comments made last week. I don't know what law it is that says just because you're older than me that, that makes you better than me. It doesn't make you better than me, Brett. And you've held me down all my life. And I'm coming at you, Brett. At WrestleMania 10. And I'm going to beat you, brother.
1: Mm. What's your initial thoughts on this one?
0: Uh, I love this match. This is one of my favourite matches. And I believe, I know this may be seen as kind of like, not blasphemous, To kind of like, okay, really? I think this is for me the best open match to any wrestling event ever. I yeah. think this match is that good. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Um, I, after this, I, love, I love
1: this match. It's a fantastic match to get a rumble uh, to get a mania started. And then after this you had that weird mixed tag team thing with Goldust yes. and Luna and stuff and you thought, What is
0: this? you know, and oh yeah, fantastic. It was good enough to be the main event. Yeah, definitely, man. I know I know in a sense the Razor Ramon, Shawn Michael's a match was kind of um, overshadowed in a sense but I still think this match is the best match of all the matches on the entire card. I think you could have had, uh, they should have gone
1: this as the semi-semi main, then the ladder match, then the world championship match. But then that would have been a bit unfair on Brett to have an hour, 45 minutes to recover after wrestling a half-hour Broadway match with Owen, which obviously, uh, it might have even been Brett and Owen's Um, idea to go first because they probably said we're going to put on a really good match I'm going to need the rest of the night to recover before going in the match getting in the
0: ring with Yoko yeah Um, but it was definitely one of the best matches yeah but also as well it's kind of like what would you do with Lex Luger if they did it like that because then you need yeah what a waste that was Was oh massively They they should have had him win at SummerSlam 93 and then had him lose to Brett later on at WrestleMania or something. I know. That was so bad. I mean he, he's a great seller, isn't he? Ah, ooh, ah, ee, ah. Oh he's terrible. OSW like do it it's really funny. Oh it's
1: ridiculous. Like Lex Luger he was like um, Hulk Hogan version 2 that just didn't really work. No. He was and way better as a
0: narcissist
1: in my opinion. Yeah but the only good thing about narcissist where he was a heel and Lex Luger where you could naturally hate him then they just turned him around to be this American hero they that's what Hulk Hogan was. They should have changed it. You know, don't make him the yeah. American hero. Just make him something else. You know, just,
0: yeah. And also, yeah I mean... well, like I said earlier, they should have put, uh, let him win it earlier. The fact that he won by DQ at SummerSlam derailed him and it's kind of like, no, they should have, um, done it when the iron was hot, had him win a uh, SummerSlam and then, yeah. Hmm. But going back to the match, but yeah, man, I I absolutely love this match. I think this match is great. Yeah. Um, I love the build-up to this match as well. I think the build-up was just great. Because <laughs> um, you, you had, obviously, what happened at Survivor Series, and then they kind of forget, like, then Owen forgave each other. But then you had, when Owen was saying a promo and saying we're going to be tagged and we're never going to be single stars again, and you can see him, yeah, Brett. Like, you know, I'm and he was saying stuff that you can kind of see him turning heel, but he didn't, but it wasn't, like, Smacked over your head like he would say things like yeah bro. even even though you know i'm not a better heart but we still forgave each other we're still good brothers and stuff and yeah and obviously he had it you know when i kicked leg under your leg which yeah. is my all-time favorite of promos and then he had the build-up because obviously brett wouldn't wrestle his brother but then he would yeah and i wonder how different it would have been if brett hart didn't say to owen take out all that stuff because originally because they would obviously have matches on the road like at msg and in house shows and stuff and apparently owen was getting cheered and brett was like no we need to change this up and that's when he went to Stu to then and then then still getting the idea to do what he did for that match because it would have been a lot more high flyery and stuff but i'm glad it wasn't because owen's supposed to be the hill You want you want to boo this man but if you did do all this high flying cool stuff, people would have cheered for him but it shows how good these two are that even little nuances when you see the bit when uh brett is on the ground and you see owen like <laughs> literally do the face you see brett go like what are you doing you little shit and, and that kind of stuff i just love it you know because you can it tells that brother rivalry yeah. as well you, oh i love this man like, when I, they go I, and do I, like a I was, if start I of the match
1: like when they do a collar and elbow tie up and they come in and just break away and no one just looks at the half cams going yes <laughs> so you know
0: it, yeah he won he won it's yeah brilliant. and i was yeah. like what's win uh, uh, and it's like
1: don't know it's just owen being owen and if you look at brett's face you can see him like trying not to laugh yes it's brilliant you sort of see brett go oh god like like yes. owen what are you doing this is wrestlemania but that's why i loved owen you know when the when, well, the when the match got going after the running about and the messing about with owen and it, it got down to the nitty-gritty i absolutely loved the match it's one of the best ever stories ever in the ring it was yeah. um Yeah, that to me was the best part of WrestleMania 10. And at the end of the pay-per-view and Owen comes out and he's just staring at Brett and he was like, I still can't understand why you're the best I've just beaten you. And you can understand you can understand Owen's frustration because he's always been overlooked by Brett and he beat him earlier in the night clean, nothing bad, it was a clean win Um, he just outsmarted Brett on the victory roll
0: off the turbo. Yeah, he used, he used Brett's own move against him as well, which is even the greater thing as well, you know.
1: Yeah. And for Brett to still be standing there, holding the strap, and you've got your brother in the ring, and you've got, I've beaten you once tonight, but you still come out better than me. You're one of them people that just fall in shit and come smelling out like roses. And I beat you, Brett. I beat you. And you've got Chris Tun- you know Tunney standing there saying, go back to the back. And he was like...
0: You can understand Owen's yeah. frustration. It's brilliantly told. And also as well, the fact that he just goes, what about me? Because, like you said, but also the other really cool thing about that moment itself is Randy Savage. That was actually his idea to get all the wrestlers out to cheer with Brett too. That oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, cool. And because it,
1: Randy Savage comes out, doesn't he? Yeah. He actually has a match, doesn't he, at ten
0: yeah he wrestles against crush in a really weird like um no holds barred match with when they if they pin their opponent in the ring they have to then have their opponent they can't come back into the ring after 60 seconds it's a really weird but it's only one one and one and done but yeah i mean i watched
1: a minute or two of it and i didn't enjoy it which is very rare for me because i usually like randy savage matches but randy savage is one of wrestlers that you just need to give him time and let him do what he wants to do yeah um was this before he started getting punished for the alleged uh
0: stephanie mcmahon thing i think this would have been yeah before yeah but then again it's really funny because vince didn't want him to wrestle anymore because he seemed to be too old but he would still have uh bob Backlund wrestle but also at the same time it was quite funny that Randy Savage would commentate on Raw every week before he left with Vincent Mann. And it's kinda like even though you might not be wrestling anymore, which is sad not seeing wrestle, the fact that you're still seen on camera every week, you're everyone can still hear you. You're like the commentator with the owner on the biggest show that they had at the time. It still Yeah. Still had that presence, even though it wasn't as big as it would have been originally, but he still had that presence. He wasn't a great voice though, was he, really? He was a wrestler. He wasn't
1: meant to be a commentator. Like no. I've never really particularly liked him on the on the show as a voice. Um, I think that's because I think a lot of the fans would rather see him in the ring as well rather yeah. than talk, talk, talk on the thing with Vince. And it's kind of a bit of a wasted... I don't know if they were trying to make him the next Gorilla Monsoon, but it's not what um, Randy wanted. No. But uh, it doesn't take anything away from the match. It was still a fantastic match. Um, the only thing with um, Randy Savage... And I suppose it's the same with Taz. Because they were in-ring workers, they could relate what the guys were either feeling or the moves that were happening or why a wrestler would do this from a psychologically like style. Like you said, like when they had um, Brett versus Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, you know, you had... Um, Randy Savage was the one that was just saying, this is a brilliant wrestling match, dude, and all this kind of stuff, you yeah, know. Two, two lions, who's the better lion? And he was like, oh, why is he put him in headlock for, Randy? He's doing this to psychologically, you know, things like that. I, I did like that about Randy. And it was the same with Taz. Taz was the same as a commentator on SmackDown. You know, you know he's got him in a rear naked choke, and he's doing that because that's going to wear out for the, for the finishing move, the DDT, you know. Um... Yeah, but enough about Randy Savage, going back to Brett and Owen. There's so many things in this match that just made sense. And I think, again,
0: it's another brilliant Bret Hart match. Yeah, yeah. I love this match. And I think, for me, this is my favourite, maybe very close second to the match we're going to talk about later, uh, our third match. But I think it's, for me, my favourite Bret Hart match ever. It's great. I also Have you ever seen the Steel Cage match from SummerSlam 94 as well that they had? Uh no, I've not seen that one. If you get a chance to watch it, that one's really good because it's a it's unlike most cage matches, it's very much like they wanna they work it in a sense that they're trying to escape and make how a cage match should kinda work.
1: But yeah. Yes, yeah, see in my opinion a cage match should always be escape. And I don't think it should be through the door. I think to win a cage match you've got to get out
0: of it. Over yeah. the top i also loved that's as well the big blue cage too i love that big blue cage that's the best case they ever did it was isn't it man i loved it i don't like the new one it's pretty weird but yeah, but, wild, man. yeah. but yeah but yeah man i thought everything that they did was great Her Owen Hart was as you said such an amazing heel some of the things he would do were just so good that you can kind of tell that brett had a hand in doing this as well because even though owen was as good as he is you could still tell Brett was like, you should do this next and do this next and do this next. Like what happened at SummerSlam 92 against the vicious Bulldog. He helped the Bulldog like, do that to give a match. And Did also, you hear what Brett said about the Bulldog in that match? Yeah, he was completely, utterly drunk, wasn't he? And he'd been smoking crack the night before. Really? Oh, Bulldog. yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Bulldog had been smoking
1: crack cocaine <laughs> the night before. And he went to Brett and goes, I don't know what to do in this match. And he was like, well, you're not really in the best. Uh, mindset for it are you um, and he carried him through the whole match yeah yeah crack cocaine I, mean, I know man
0: but also as well I loved how um, like Owen would attack Brett's leg because obviously they both had the sharp so as a finishing move and that kind of stuff I also loved the moves from Brett's rope yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. you know don't yeah. need the middle rope is, everyone calls it Brett's rope because even New right. Japan called it from Brett's rope because <laughs> you know yeah. cause he is, he's king of the second thing. yeah yeah so new Japan called it Brett's rope as well yeah because um chris charlton was a fan of osW review and osw review mentioned it and they called it and he was like from Brett's rope when yeah. they did a superplex from the from the middle rope because that's the most dangerous rope <laughs> brilliant love that <laughs> I, I, love I didn't
1: that. know it's gone over to New japan did Brett Art ever do any work in new japan
0: uh no he you no know, he never did no but the guys who are the commentators were fans of OSW and they use that reference and they've used other references. I think um, Dio Madden used and other OSW views saying, hey, there he is, hot-dogging and grandstanding and stuff. So it's quite funny to see these commentators reference <laughs> an amazing podcasts and stuff, because they're really yeah, big Bret Hart cool. fans too. You know, they're yeah. math Bret Hart fans.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah.
1: So what oh, would you oh. give this match out of uh, five stars then?
0: Five. Five yeah. every day of the week definitely for me five stars i love this match i thought everything about it was great the uh, storyline towards to build up the match was fantastic everything in the technicalness of bret hart the technicality uh the fact he's and you can see why it's called the excellence of execution because he does everything so good yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think uh to watch the match it doesn't even look like owen's being carried it looks like a general wrestling match as, as well and i yeah. think because they're brothers, they probably went a little bit stiffer on each other, made it more impactful, was allowed to hit each other a bit heavier, you know, and they trust each other. That When you've got two wrestlers in the ring that are blood, I mean, you're going to trust them with your life, aren't you? Because, you yeah. know, they generally love yeah. them unconditionally. So,
0: yeah, it's one of the best matches I've seen. So I'll definitely give it a five as well. Yeah, definitely, man. But also as well, I love is the theme tunes as well. Like, even though Bret Hart had the his other theme tune was fantastic. I still love his theme tune as well at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Owen yeah, Hart so he didn't as well have was the Mortal great. Kombat theme, did he? Was it was it Bret Hart Mark II? The yeah. 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 See this I was... like
1: Mark Mark I, the, the Mortal Kombat theme I think is brilliant. You know, the original Bret Hart, it just sounds you know, it's not as crisp. <laughs>
0: just sounds better. Yeah. yeah, and Owen Hart's theme tune was great as well, though.
1: Down, 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 down,
0: down. You know, yeah, it sounds like a '80s disco song, doesn't it? it does, yeah. Or, Start. Well, yeah. You Jim Johnston, he made such great theme tunes, didn't he? he that, did. I, that's something we should do one day as well, as just on Jim Johnston. Best Jim Johnston tunes. I'll be up for that. Yeah, man. He's done so many. And technically, like, Jimmy Hart as well, because he, he did quite a lot as well. He did "Sexy Boy." Yeah, he did. If you look at um the wwe anthology on spotify Mm. and it has the
1: composer the federation years was mostly jimmy hart yeah when you get to the attitude era and beyond it's it's all jim johnson
0: definitely man and then match three was between Bret hart versus steve austin at wrestlemania 13 in the submission match
2: imagine for over a decade you fought to reach the pinnacle of your profession Through sweat and dedication, you burn the respect of fans, friends, and even your adversaries. Then you walk away. When you return six months later, nothing is the same. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. There are no friends. There's kind of a new motto in the World Wrestling Federation. You scratch my back and I'll stab yours. There is no respect. Everybody in that (laughs) dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Even your fans have changed. At the heart of this change is a man who spits in the face of your every accomplishment. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. He has gained fame by attacking you physically and verbally. Steve Austin absolutely become obsessed with Bret Hart. Steve Austin is a rabbit, he's a rabbit animal. This man mocks your legacy. He uses it as a stepping stone. Like a false prophet, he spews forth his rhetoric. Red hard on his best day, can't lace my boots, and I'm gonna prove that to the world. And I will, I will beat the hell out of Brett. And that's the bottom line. His followers carry placards singing his praise. Injustice after injustice has finally caused you to snap. Whoa! Frustrated into the word for it. This is Now, the finger is pointed at you. You're the one who's changed. He snapped, McMahon. He's lost it. Get him out of here. Drag him Oh, out. he just, he just him. my finger, Pat Patterson, That dirty, rotten son of a... They say your ego is your enemy. What happened to you? There's only one solution. To awaken from this nightmare, you must defeat him. To regain your life and resume your legacy, you must make him beg for mercy as you squeeze the will from his bones. But what if Stone Cold Steve Austin wins? What becomes a breath that Hitman heart then?
1: Again, if you've never seen this match, this is um, one of the best ever
0: Mania matches, but also one of the best ever matches ever put together. Yeah, completely agree with you there, bud. And also this match is so good that even Bret Hart says this is his favourite match of all time.
1: Yeah. Did you and see they,
0: him on a Steve Austin? I was um,
1: about to say that, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, they speak about it there in some detail. Brilliant. Yeah, man. And he, he, and he said, oh, I love that, as well." the interview after they did that weird watch-long thing and you can hear Bret saying that like, this is the match that he would show to anyone of why wrestling is good to him and to show mm. them his amazing like work, is it in a sense, that he was t- tell them to watch this match.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and he said his mindset of the match was kind of like
1: it's a bit like you're having a school fight, you know. And he yes. asked, said, I was gonna, I was going into this match to fight the bully, you know. I couldn't have it as a wrestling match because it was a no, it was an no I quit match, you know. And apparently, Brett, when Austin found out it was an no I quit match, like a submission match, he just thought, what well, a submission match, wasn't it? He said, yeah. I'm not a submission wrestler, what the hell am I gonna do? And Brett was just like, he listened to me. We'll make this work. And apparently Austin was like, "I'm working with Brett Hart. I was, I'm just going to let him carry me." And my God, what a match!
0: Yeah, and also as well, it shows you how much a fan he is of Steve Austin. To even earlier than that, at the um, Survivor Series, he was his first match back was against Steve Austin, and then this match as well just shows you just how yeah good Steve Austin was. How much a fan Brett was as well to be like, "I want to wrestle this guy because he's that good." Well, he said to he said to Austin apparently, um, he says it on the. Um, wwe
1: network podcast exclusive he actually says uh, to steve austin i will wrestle you any day and for austin that was like the biggest ever like your you would wrestle me and he was like oh you know that's a massive yeah. like compliment as a wrestler for bret hart to say i'll work with you any day like on, on a program i would work with you and then to have the opportunity at mania austin must have been loving it
0: man And also that was a match that everyone remembers from that and that was a match that it low so many people. I know it's been a few other matches like Savage Steamboat at Free and other matches, etc have always been the best match of any WrestleMania as well. Mm. And they made everything work, like especially the blood bit. And you saw Austin mention about it on the podcast where he was like doing, in a sense, a um, push up to make the fans cheer even more. And it's adding more to the like atmosphere and the tension of what's going to happen. And he like faints again. And it has that famous image of the blood pouring down his face. And the fact yeah. as well, it was the first ever, I know there's been a few other matches, but it was the bit first ever big profile match to have a double turn as well yeah and the wwe
1: was also pg at that point and they had a no color policy and he said that um brett hart was the one who'd done the blade job on, on austin when they was down near the announce tables and he said no one even noticed and when austin gets hit by Sean, uh, gets hit by brett and he sort of like sells the punch the blood comes flying off his um forehead it actually goes on to jerry the king Lawler's papers that he's reading from and he's still got them papers today with Austin's blood all over him. Yeah. What I think it's cool. But um, yeah, like you said, that famous sort of when he's laying down in the sharpshooter and he tries one more time to get up and it's good because all the blood pressure obviously rises and it makes the cut just drip the blood down his face. Oh, it is just like, it's absolutely picture have It
0: couldn't have gone better. Yeah. And also as well, it just shows just in a sense how Bret Hart can wrestle in any style. Like, he was able to brawl as good as Steve Austin was. Yeah. And and you can see where there's... I loved as well, they're very much... The nuances, like even Steve Austin has mentioned, that Brett was using a lot more heelish stuff, like the sharpshoot, like the figure four let lock on the ring post. Yeah. Brett, Brett would have never used that a couple of years before it was when it was the fide babyface. Now he's starting to turn. Yeah, And also as well, Brett Hart was... Which I loved about this match and other matches he's had later on throughout the year is the fact that he was a, a rather unique... Um, hill that he was cheered in Canada but also but booed in America which, I love that which is amazing like you know like well, you Nell look at the Canadian
1: Nell, stampede page before,
0: yeah you no know. one before or since has, has ever done that been nah. loved in one country but hated in another country just shows how good he is and how well loved he is and especially in Canada to be as you said the Canadian stampede to be yeah. well received and even after, after the match when Bret Hart turned hill hill there were still fans who were cheering for him
1: yeah, I'll tell you what I would love to have seen
0: would have been Triple H 2000 against Bret Hart. Yes, oh, that would have been good. Oh, I would love to have seen The Rock against Bret Hart as well, even though they had a, a small match when he was rocking my view, I would love to have seen him have uh, The Rock against Bret Hart as well oh. Angle 2. Kurt Angle is someone who Bret Hart has always said he wanted to wrestle
1: one he day. He said he would always wrestle Kurt Angle given the opportunity. But I personally think if you look at the stuff that Triple H has done, because so I think he gets a little bit overlooked a lot. If you look at Triple H in two thousand versus I don't know someone like Cactus Jack in the in the street fight in New York at the at the Rumble, and then you can compare him to a match where you can have against I don't know someone like a technical, and he's a technical wrestler. Triple H, I think you could have had a really good technical brawl between triple h and brett yeah if you'd have put them two in like an i quit match imagine how good that could have been brett versus triple h
0: 2001 era i reckon that would have been fantastic definitely man. but also as well what bret hart does so good is that he makes everything look so crisp and so good that you know with some wrestlers a lot of their punches and stuff look fake and you kind of be like but with bret hart everything that he does you yeah. be like, this could—he's that good. That everything that he does, he wasn't stiff. He didn't hurt anyone, didn't injure anyone, but he was that good that he made everything look like it could have been real. Yeah, well, I love him as well, just how good he was, and which is why so many other wrestlers um, love him so much because he could—he could do that.
1: See, obviously, you've got the um, the sharpshooter as his finisher, but I think Bret Hart probably done the best pendulum backbreaker like the side you know the side bait break breaker and I also think he done the best pile driver yeah I think he had a lovely pile driver
0: I also think
1: breaker, you know the momentum he used to get the legs nice and high but like I literally yes. used to size pick him up in a side slam position but he'd elevate the legs it'd all sort of slam down onto his knee it used to look so beautiful
0: and I also loved as well his uh chest first into the turnbuckle as well oh god could he take a turnbuckle I know that was oh, I loved him when he did that that they were so good I don't know how he'd done that for so long about cracking a rib I guess he probably have has done it enough that he knows I guess how to position himself he doesn't hurt himself as much I guess mm-hmm. Borsa as well he was the best puncher as well like I think his punches besides Austin's and maybe takers as well were were the best too you know like yeah yeah, I suppose he had probably one of the best
1: working punches. you, yeah. John Cena had a good working punch. I know it sounds ridiculous, but John Cena's working punch was good. Yeah, uh, Benoit, I mean, he was he was crisp. Um, Dean Malenko had a good working punch. Um, the worst, I personally think, was actually John Moxley back when he was Dean Ambrose. I used to think he had terrible punches, but um, Jake Roberts had a good um, punch yeah definitely man yeah really good punch Great, jake roberts had a fantastic working punch um triple h again brilliant working punch he really you know i
0: think triple h he's to me he's some underrated trips Oh, he is man he is i completely agree with you have you had a chance to watch the untold yet him and mcfay discuss those two matches from royal rumble and no way out supposed to be really really good where is it? is it on the network uh, network yeah it's on the network it's called untold but yeah he is so underrated i know a lot of people moan about his 2003 run and 2004 where he's a king of the shovel but i definitely agree with you he's in ring in 2000 he was probably up there as one of the best i think he was untouchable to be honest um yeah, Japan- I mean, like, you see him
1: pulling things like I don't
0: know, scorpion.
1: Um, oh, what is it? The Indian deathlocks and stuff. You you haven't seen them since the eighties. You know, like the figure four, but you roll to the side and then use your foot to push the knee and things like that. You
0: you haven't yeah. seen that stuff unless you was watching New Japan. You wouldn't see it in a WWF. No, at the time. Um, and also as well another thing that made him so good as well he had great faces too same with Bret Hart at the time he had great heels to wrestle against and now back in 97 he was a heel heel. he had so many good good baby faces to wrestle too I know and that's gone
1: nowadays you don't really have that defined good guy versus bad guy it's all just a bit murky isn't it yeah you know
0: going back to the match the one thing I love about the match is how it started like you saw Steve Austin come in with the um like the tackle and bring him down and he starts to punch Brett Hart. I just love that because you can see that intensity just from the get-go as well. And having Sheldon uh, yeah. Sh- Sh- Two as the referee, that was even that was an like even greater move as well by the WWF to have that, obviously the submission fighting world and then him being a referee. Yeah,
1: and it was cool as well at the end when he carried on attacking Brett, uh, st- sorry, attacking um, Steve Austin. And then obviously Ken Shenrock was like, back off. And he was like, all right. And then he'd done the chicken shit hill and rolled out the ring and everyone started booing Brett yes. again. So it's like, that's how they use Shamrock. Again, that was Brett's idea. It was just perfect. because Really, Austin was probably thinking, right, well, I'm going against Brett.
0: Why the hell have we got Ken Shamrock as the referee? That's something else we've got to think about. But Brett made it work. Yeah. Yeah, because he's that good. And he's that, he's that clever that he can make anything work. Oh, they need to... I- he needs to be an agent for the
1: for AEW he really does
0: I think I, I think after this is done, I think he will do I think they'll offer him but then again it depends on his leg, if he has a legends contract or not or if he just does appearances that's anything they've got to worry about but I think I think he'll be a great agent for anywhere New Japan AEW WWE I think anywhere he in impact I think anywhere he he would go I think he'll he be great I know he's had a lot of health issues and stuff but he's still as sharp as ever yeah of course he is yeah 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 he is it no, that's, that's why i feel so bad for him though the, the fact that he's had that life obviously lost a lot of his family members went through cancer twice had the stroke and to see him do what he does you gotta commend the guy as well uh, yeah he's through what he's gone through he's gone through i mean
1: he's lived an awesome life i mean he's lived the dream of being the best professional wrestler in the world i mean to us fans that's kind of like you know if you could be anyone in the wrestling business who would you like to be like you would say Bret hart but yeah yeah, he's he's had a bad life as well. You know, there's always a bad side of everyone's life. Cause we only see him as a character on TV. When that bell rings and he's walking back to the back, and then it's the next
0: match. He's on the phone, probably trying to sort out stuff at home, and it must be hard. You know, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, because back in 1990, his oldest brother, I think, passed away the day before Survivor Series '90, and he wrestled the next night. Same yeah. thing at um, I can't remember what pay per view it was. Oh, Bad Blood, where Brian Pillman died. Went out and wrestled, and it's and just and then what happened with Owen Hart as well. It's just everything that happened to him, and and the um, the screw job as well, like you know, Mm. that would take a toll. That would, and obviously, having the stroke and the um, concussion, everything else, like not a a different man would ever, you know, do that or be able to become stronger. But the other thing as well is a more positive side but the fact of how much he loves the wf and everything else the cover um has it where he's actually holding the wind eagle as you can see yeah beautiful yeah and the back has a really cool picture of him and owen so you can see that sort of like yeah yeah man yeah come round next you need to you need to buy the book man you'll love the book it is fantastic
1: Yeah, yeah 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 i'll check it out yeah
0: i'd like to read that like, you've
1: got, like, a tangible book. I wouldn't want to do it on my phone. I'd like to read the actual book. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll do that. But I'll tell you what, I'll let you borrow the Shawn Michaels uh, Journey, free disc box set, with some brilliant, un- not-seen Shawn Michaels matches on there. And I'll have a read of the
0: Bret Hart book. That'd be cool. Definitely, man. So what would you get a match out of five, my man? Oh, that one. That's definitely a five as well. Yeah, same here, man. Definitely a five, too. It set Austin's career
1: path to the sky. The double turn where Brett turned heel and Austin turned face. Um, the blood, the storyline, and it's a little bit like, well, go and follow that match. You know, yeah. you can't... You can't yeah, can't, you can't, follow that. You can't follow that. Nah.
0: I completely second everything that you say, boss. Oh, I love this match. Uh, it makes the double turn work so perfectly. Bret Hart becomes his bonafide, amazing heel. Austin becomes his bonafide, amazing baby face. They both work so well together. Uh, Bret Hart is as good as he as always has been and yeah everything he said could be agree with Boss yeah loved it loved yeah. it
1: Bret Hart I mean and we're only scratching the surface here because if you speak to another wrestling fan they'd say probably another two matches that we didn't think about or a match we might not have even thought about um, or yeah. even knew about because he'd done he's, I mean I've never really watched any of his work from WCW you know there's another match you know he went against Roddy Piper and they reckon that was one of the best matches Roddy Piper ever had yeah, that was, that was a great match. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a great match. You can talk about that. I mean, I'll probably watch that today now I've mentioned it. But, you know, there's so much stuff that even Bret Hart says on Steve Austin's podcast that Hogan and Warrior had good matches. There's all throwaway matches. But his matches, you'd watch it and you'd remember it because it was all different. And the three matches we spoke about today are all different. You've got the street Fighters, as our favourite fight, basically. The submission match, I mean, it's just, it's perfect, isn't it? Then you got him facing his brother, which is just like a family match, which, again, was another story told. There's always a story in these matches. And then the match against Mr. Perfect was a, who's the better technical wrestler. Each three, each one of these matches was story based.
0: And the story was told in the ring. And that's what Brett was known for. Yeah. So what would you say was your favourite match of the three then, Richie. Um, pick one i know it's quite tough but what would you say is your favorite yeah the thing is i've seen the austin match a lot i've, I've, I've i show
1: wrestling like non-wrestling fans that match i've shown sam I've, that before i've done that well it. before it's, it's the match to show i think looking back at these three matches i really enjoyed the mr perfect match because that's the match i'd seen least i'd seen it before but i hadn't seen it in a long time so it was lovely to revisit it yeah. Um, so for that reason alone, just for going back to it, I would say the Mr. Perfect match, but as a general match, the Austin match.
0: OK, that's yeah, cool, that the, uh, mine would probably be the Bret Hart-Owen Hart match, just because, even though I love the Austin matches a lot, and the reason why I chose Mr. Perfect one, because you said it's quite underrated, because to me, I, it's one thing about it, it wasn't the final of the, of the tournament, it was the semi-final, but also it was the first of the big five that isn't really seen him any, as much anymore, but I love the Owen hart Bret Hart match. I thought it was so good. You had two amazing wrestlers, had Bret Hart at his best, Bret Hart, I think, at his peak. And it was just so good that every small thing that they did, you can cut it Adds more because they're brothers. And you kind of, it has more that personal rivalry between the two. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, well, even though Bret Hart didn't win, I could happily watch that match forever and still enjoy it. Because he, yeah. you know, it's that, it's that good. Okay, we look at the matches we actually saw today. Um, Bret Hart,
1: top three matches, he only won one of them. No, he won two of them. I know, he did win the Austin match, didn't he? This is what I mean yes. with Bret. It doesn't matter who won. You know, yeah, I'll just remember Austin won because obviously... No, Bret won because Austin passed out. Yes. But Austin was still the winner with the fans, hence the double turn. It's
0: just fantastic. It is, isn't it, man? It's just so good i love it i just i just i just i love him in general to be honest and also as well he's just one of those people that i think a lot of people if they're new wrestling i've no, i've noticed like people from osw a podcast obviously now they've recently done the Bret hart um kind of like 97 thing they've all said Bret hart is one of the favorite wrestlers of all time they can yeah. see why he's so good and there's the whole thing about brett or sean but i still think for me brett is a better wrestler yeah honestly because i think even though Shawn michaels was very good and had some amazing matches but i think with sean he would only have good matches if his opponent was good but the thing about Bret hart that he can make anyone i mean look at that guy that they did a recent documentary about i think last year who had this one match against Bret hart and was like oh my god this match this guy's amazing but actually it was pretty shit I can't yeah. remember who the guy is, but you know the match, don't you? That yeah. just shows how good he is, that he can make anyone who you could perceive to be, this guy's shit, Rhett's going to have a terrible match. Oh yeah. my God, this match was amazing because it was against yeah. Bret Hart. Because it was Bret. Yeah. It Bret. And Sean would get
1: very, especially known for it in the 90s, he, if something didn't go right, he would actually show it in the ring. He would be physically angry and actually sort of say things and shout things and be unprofessional where Brett you wouldn't have that problem you could always rely on Brett hence why he was the poster boy for Vince McMahon for so long yeah you know um, it's a shame things ended up like they did with Brett with the WWE but um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that I mean it was a horrible situation for every party on that and there would be arguments against and sort of for Brett and you know you can see why Brett done it and you can see why Vince done it and you know, Brett had no trouble with dropping the belt the night after, but it made the title look weak. You know what I mean? There were so many. Yeah. It-
0: <laughs> um, Brett's one of those people that he would only turn against you or be egotistical if you did something to him. You know, he, he's one of those guys that if it's for the business, he'll do it. You yeah, know, yeah. He's someone who's very unselfish, unselfish, but the only reason he only was selfish is because it was Sean who was from so many people I've listened to podcasts, for, was was the biggest douchebag in the entire world at the time. And oh, yeah. a lot of people wouldn't have not blamed him at all. I mean, look, uh, I know there's a rumour and I think it's true from what I've heard. Uh Michaels Michaels kind of like it isn't, but I kind of like he would only say that anyway. But the fact that Taker would strap up his hands to beat the shit out of him if he didn't lose a championship to Austin just mm. shows you, but then he knew that Brett, and that's why Brett was so respected that he would do it. Like mm. if he feels it's right, if uh Brett was told to do something, he would do it. Yes, yeah. he might say, I know he kind of changed a few things here and there for the better, because originally the Owen Hart and would have been against Bruce. Did you know that? No. And then Brett was like, No, Vince, I think we should use Owen because Owen isn't doing anything. I think Owen would be a better choice. And then Vince was like, Oh yeah, that's a really good idea. And then because yeah. I don't think Bruce would have been as, as over. What's yeah, so like oh, sorry? It's gotta be Owen Hart, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can't have Bruce Hart.
1: I mean, bloody yeah, what no. was he
0: doing? Uh, one match at Survivor Series and was in the crowd when Brett wrestled against Doink the Clan at SummerSlam 93 before he wrestled Jerry Lauder. Yeah, it would have made no sense. Nah, because Brett, uh, Brett wasn't going to leave but Brett threatened to quit because he wasn't pushed and then like, shit, I can't lose Brett and then obviously got pushed again because that's the thing about Brett. He would only ever do things uh, if he had to kind of thing because he would have well, to... That's leave. a bit like CM Punk though. CM Punk always said, so if I do that, what happens?
1: Where do we go yeah. after this? And it's just good minds of the business. Yeah, completely. You know, but the whole reason Shawn Michaels and Bret fell out was apparently when Bret said to him, well, I know we don't get on, but whatever we do in the ring, I will take care of you. And then went to shake Sean's hand and Sean went, I can't say the same thing. You know, which is the worst thing to say to someone. Imagine saying to someone, like if we was wrestlers and you said, I look after you in the ring and I said to you, well, I might. In other words, I might dunk you on your head on purpose. You'd be shit yep. scared special,
0: wrestle, you know. Pretty much. It's ridiculous. By the thing with Brett, though, Brett was so tough that he could, I reckon he could handle himself. Like, he had a massive fight against Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels didn't do anything, and Bret Hart was beat be a shout of Shawn. Mm, you know yeah sure yeah yeah brett would,
1: yeah brett was a hard, hard bloke i mean he was brought up wrestling he was he's always been involved with hockey and wrestling and stew and you know he's always he's a tough bloke i mean look what he's gone through in life yeah but i think sean michaels you know he ain't no walkover but and his character makes him out to be a bit of a male stripper and a bit of a flamboyant but i mean he'd, he'd still probably have a good
0: fight in real life but i think brett would get the better of him yeah, definitely, man. But the cool thing as well about Bret Hart before we end the podcast is um, the fact that Bret Hart had a hockey team named after him. The That's... Calgary... Yeah, Calgary Hitmen. They were named uh-huh. after Bret Hart. Brilliant. Didn't know that. Yeah. I, 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 know. Think they're a, I think they're an NHL team when they were an NHL team but that shows you just how good he is and just how popular he was because he's, he's massive over here as well, Bret Hart. Yeah. Here in Calgary there
1: were two bases really with fans. Yeah which is mad to think he wrestled
0: most of his life in North America. I know, but uh, we loved him. We loved him, didn't we? But yeah. We did. We did. We did, we did indeed, did. my man. We did indeed. Mm. And that was no wrestling, guys. Um, Richard, my man, have got anything to plug at all to the peeps, my man? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at RichardFilmer1. Um, I put my wrestling content and gaming content on there. So um, if you want to geek out or just follow the show, um, catch me on there
0: twitter oh, nice one, man so what games have you been playing recently then boss uh,
1: well since Thanks. I've been on this quarantine I've been playing a bit of Dra- Dungeons and Dragons Neverwinter and I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone with a couple of friends because we're all so bad at it it's funny oh yeah <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's great you just put the headsets on just get obliterated um yeah them two really I'm, I'm trying to find a new game to get into i want to get into a new rpg because never Winter can get a little bit samey and i've already completed the witcher 3 so if you've got any recommendations let me know
0: <laughs> uh final fantasy 7 remakes supposed to be very very good um see would you oh, play the original first or would you go straight into the remake i would only play the original first because you have the whole game but they're kind of doing it in like this one only has the base of the first disc of the original game but you have so much more that you can do it's up to you but you you can buy it but you can buy it on the playstation store and stuff
1: yeah the the original seven is on the playstation network for about six pound fifty so you know that's the like the ps1 port so i might download that
0: you should man it's a really really good game um also have as well dark souls which is more of an action-y RPG, but that's a very good game. Do you like more turn based or do you like more sort of like to be honest, I've never really been into turn bases. Like I bought out the old SNES the other day and I've been playing Illusions of Gear,
1: um, which is a kind of it's in the same band, The Secret of Mana. They're all kind oh, of very okay. closely related. Guess. Um and that's action place, it's not it's not turn-based. And I've never ever got into turn-based rpgs but i really 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 want to get into the final fantasies um i played final fantasy one on my snes emulator and I, to be honest as amazing as it probably was back in its day it's not very good now it just didn't yeah, hold my attention. so I, I want to get into final fantasy so i'll probably
0: start with seven but the ps1 port oh, the only thing is seven uh, ps1 port that is turn-based Oh yeah, I know. Okay. But I want—I
1: want to get into them, but I've just not found found a game that really gets me into it yet. I mean, the only turn-based game I ever got into was Pokémon.
0: I was going to mention Pokemon because they're great turn based games. I love those games so much. Because the great thing about them as well, they're very much rock, paper, scissors. But you had to think of what moves to teach your Pokemon, what types to use against who, and that kind of thing. And yeah. there's so many different types. Like you could have one person's team who's completely the same Pokemon, but they could have different special stats, different attack stats, different nest stats. They could have different moves. It was that variety of stuff as well with it. So great game, Pokemon. What one did you play the most? Uh, when I was a kid, probably blue or silver were mine too. Yeah, see, so I was yellow. Uh, we had Pokemon yellow. And
1: uh, one where Pikachu followed you around. and It was amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Pokemon yellow. And then on my phone, I downloaded um, it Red? Uh, it's on the GBA emulator yeah. on my phone. Because games like that work perfectly on your phone because you haven't got to worry about going diagonally. It's only up or down.
0: Yes. So, but, and it's just A or B. So for a phone, it works perfectly. Yeah and you, so, yeah because oh, i'd leave green as a kid um i love pokemon go as well i think it's great good fun oh okay, yeah. god yeah well the thing is if you're out for
1: your walk you can turn it on and have a mess around with it i suppose can't you?
0: yeah plus as well if you work walk a certain amount of play, uh, like kilometers as well you get a load of prizes too so if you hit if you hit 50 kilometers in a week you get all this shit and it's good to help people Get, get get exercise as well so exactly i mean it it's brilliant it. bringing fitness and gaming
1: together but no i will download i'll download final fantasy 7 what about yourself what you've been doing uh
0: man. i've recently finished medieval the remake of the old ps1 game oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. what's that like uh, i love it man it's so good so so good yeah i like the ps1 thing yeah the i love the original ps1 game but it's i find it to be in some places quite unplayable but with the remake they're able to fix a lot of the flaws that the original game had and it's so good and they have original voices too but they just up the graphics up the gameplay it's really good recently played through full throttle and i've recently i need to play through it again and beat it in streets rage 4 that's really good too yeah i've seen some quite good reviews on that yeah that doesn't yeah and, and on my switch i'm playing through mario world again and i've beaten recently the um the secret world so all the characters now look like mario and stuff it's really funny Awesome, awesome.
1: There you go. There's a bit of game in there for you people. Oh, at
0: home. Uh, before we head off as well, Richie, my man. If you've played this game before, I know it isn't an RPG, mm. but you have to play a game. If you can have, you got a SNES mini or a Switch or anything like that. If not, you can download it on emulator. I've got emulators. Cool. It's a game called Super Metroid. Now that game is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Metroid's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure yeah, you yeah, yeah. It before Super Metroid? I, rec- I really recommend that game. Yeah. Obviously you play Tales and Time and stuff and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got all them. Also, I noticed on
1: PlayStation Network there was a Castlevania 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 um anniversary edition yeah. with all the original Castlevania's on there. I might give that down though, because again I think that's about seven quid, that's not too dear. It
0: should be man. I'm 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 gonna download that and Contra, I think, later on tonight. Could you do you ever play Contra? No no, those nah. games. Nah. nah. Again, we've got
1: all this time to spend. Like, I know, man. It's great, isn't it? It it's is kind of nice having a bit of extra
0: time. I've got no money, but it's it's all right. <laughs> yeah, she, man. You should definitely play Shusha Rage Four. Now that game is really good. How much did you pay for that on Network? I paid eighteen quid for that. Yes, yeah, it's nothing, is it? No, nah, but it's one of those games because it's like uh, it's like a new sequel to a classic game. The soundtrack's amazing, as the other games were. Like I think one and two have, for me, some of the best soundtracks to any game ever. But it's also one of those games that's just fun as well. Like you can unlock like retro like looks of the cats as well, and they play like the game they came from too. And also as well, wrestling related, you can play as a wrestler as well, as well in Street Rage too.
1: Exactly,
0: and if you can play as him as well in this game too. We have to unlock him first. It's perfect, like a perfect, you know, cross. Yeah, up. yeah, you know. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. There you go. I've, i might
1: download a couple of them, but I'm definitely gonna download <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven and uh on the next podcast. I'll let you know what I
0: think of it. Definitely man. um eight's supposed to be very good as well. Um okay. eight's supposed to be very good, six is yep. supposed to be amazing, which was on the snares. Um I've heard very good things about fifteen and obviously the remake for seven is supposed is heard as really yeah. good as well.
1: One thing I was looking, at, I was looking at um, YouTube videos on that like, where to start. Even like I've been on Reddit posts and stuff, and there's a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people do say start with seven, um, but they're not all turn based, are they? Like you've got like um, some games that are action based. You've got like Final Fantasy Online. I've no idea what that's about. Um, there's loads of different um, styles of Final Fantasy games, isn't there?
0: Yeah, uh, Bioware made a really good. Um rpg on star wars called the old republic they're yeah, to be yeah. very good well i've actually got the old republic on this laptop that i'm using now old republic 2 it's free to download and play it's an online game oh, oh yeah i've heard regular things about it and they made other ones knights of the old republic on the xbox which is supposed to be really good because uh, mass effect as well they're, they're very good rpgs as well mass effect yeah. is an amazing Funny game enough i don't know if you can see it
1: Let's see if i can get my camera uh can you oh, see
0: a like ps3 it? there
1: yes i can yes see that's the old um 60 gig one and that plays all the original ps1 and stuff um and i've got on disc um mass effect one two and three.
0: Oh, wicked like, man absolutely love absolutely fantastic well ahead of their time definitely man i think two is my favorite out of the three i, I like lo- i liked three a lot but the ending kind of ruined it for me because i heard so many shit things at the ending but then after playing it and then playing it through again i'm like actually this game's really good for saying that did you ever play fable on xbox No, I didn't, but I heard really good things about Fable. I never had an Xbox. I had a PS2 and GameCube when I was a kid. Well, I had a 360 years ago, and then it broke, and then my friend actually
1: gave me that for free. Um, But I had Fable 1, 2, and 3, and if you ever get an Xbox S or an Xbox X and you've got playback capability, Fable 2 is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Absolutely. It's an RPG, but it reminds me a lot of Zelda oh that's really cool man 64 it is just uh, oh it's just aesthetically fantastic but
0: um brilliant storyline yeah yeah because that's the game i really, I will really get for the switch it's new zelda breath of the wild but the only thing about it though it's like 50 quid still i know it will go down in price yeah but from what i've heard it's supposed to be one of the best games ever made it's supposed it to be win. amazing I it's See, I'll proper do what? World and proper air, all that sort of stuff I do want to get a Nintendo
1: Switch. I really do because one thing about gaming, I love games that pick up and play. And I find a lot with like PlayStation and Xbox games, they're so big and you have to do so much like groundwork to get the game going. Where if you pick up a Switch, you can just put Super Smash Bros in and it's brilliant off the
0: bat. Oh yeah, completely, man. Yeah, because I played through. I've played through most of it, but I haven't finished it off. Is the uh, the single player mode and it's really good. But Mm -hmm. there's so many characters for the game as well. It's like eighty odd. Already. exactly brilliant fantastic i will get myself a switch how much are they at the moment like 300
1: quid yes it's quite a lot of money but i will get one
0: and plus if you spend 20 quid for a year online you also get a load of snes games and ones games for free as well so you're kind of having a snes and a NES mini inside your your console so yeah it might be saying worth investing in. cool I, you should do man i, I, I think it's really fun well, yeah. I can happily, just, and it's also really good as well. I would say get the normal switch because the lights are 180 quid, but you can't play on on the. It's you can only play it handheld. You can't play it docked. Where the normal switch, you can play both. So you can play oh, a game yeah. like Doom on the go, you know, which is crazy, or Witcher Three on the go if you wanted to, or the, yeah. actually another game you might like if you like FPSs is a game called uh, Borderlands. That's that's Borderlands. quite RPG. RPG, RPG. Yeah, RPG. yeah. Oh. I've got Borderlands two on my PS
1: because I've got a PS is it a PS Vita I've got yeah it's a Vita it's not a PSP it's a PS Vita I've got was oh it a nice P- one man one of them it's the older one I've got um, which people rate better um, you can jail lock it and have it um, you can have it as a SNES emulator and Sega and I've, mine's not been unlocked yet because you have to download software on it I don't really fancy doing that but um, that's pretty cool I've got like Tekken vs Street Fighter and stuff
0: on it that's cool man that's yeah, pretty yeah, fun that's awesome yeah cool Cool, 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 my man. Yeah, this has been their wrestling, guys. I've been raising host as always. Mark Sylvester, long of me, is the man and if the legend that is the best there is, the best was, the best ever will be. Richie Filmer, thank you very much, and
1: uh, guys, thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. and If you've got any more recommendations for Bret Hart matches, just drop us a line on the uh, Twitter. Or Mark or, Mark or Minds account we'll definitely read them and uh, we'll retweet and uh, we'll definitely discuss on the next podcast
0: yeah definitely Richard my man this has been The Wrestling Guys take care and always remember
1: I've got to think of a really quick poem here if your name is Brett and you're a wrestler but your surname's not Hart your work will stink a bit like Yokozuna's fart yeah <laughs> Peace. Peace. (laughs)